atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for May 27th in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our one of two and a goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Quick recap of yesterday's show, <clears throat> available at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net if you want to spread the word and tell your neighbors. Would love it if you would. We talked about President Donald Trump having a deregulatory effort. They tried to get, um, for every new regulation passed, they wanted to get rid of two of them. They say they've managed to get 22 gone. It's a great start and a lot of good work, folks. A pastor, by the way, who has lived under President Trump and 12 other presidents, or 12 presidents total, including Trump, I guess, says that President Trump is the most pro-black president ever, Daryl Scott. Two men, I guess, were in a burning apartment building and saved an old man, an elderly man. They saved him from the balcony. Great work. Got to have more copycats of good people doing good things. We also talked about John Krasinski will no longer host the Good News program. I guess after a massive bidding war, the question is, did he, did he sell out? I'm not here to say he sold out, but I am here to say you lost control of the media that you started, buddy. And the mainstream press, trust you, me, won't have the same agenda you had. I'll tell you that right now. Fox News, believe it or not, finishing up its, quote, highest rated year in company history. Wow. Mainstream press certainly uh, having their way with the people. That's sadly for sure. Westwood's the guy's name is Wardock or Wardock, he's talking about monitoring and maintaining podcast audiences. Anyway, he offered guidance for podcasters on how to maintain and grow listenership and all that kind of stuff. Very interesting that Westwood One and CBS and all these big boys, Spotify, everybody's wanting to get into podcasting. They used to say, oh, you're a podcaster. You're not a real broadcaster, huh? And now uh, that we've been pioneering podcasts for so long, all the big boys want to jump into our pioneering new media taking center stage efforts, don't they? Hour two of Liberty Roundtable Live yesterday. We had our guest on Mr. Jim Clymer of the Constitution Party. We're talking about the party of integrity, liberty, and prosperity. And we talked about Donald Trump warns greatest rigged election in history if votes mailed in. Yeah, taking advantage of the COVID scam. There you have it. Now, we also talked about the presidential and vice presidential pick for the Constitution Party, presidential pick Don Blankenship. The uh, running mate, William Moore. Both those gentlemen are on the Constitution Party. If you want to vote for, uh, you know, prosperity, liberty, integrity, vote ConstitutionParty.com. That's right, ConstitutionParty.com. We also talked about the Chicago mayor. Out of control, man, launches police raid to shut down. Black churches and Sunday services. More shootings going on in Chicago over the weekend. <clears throat> Big time shooting. So you know what? You can run around and shoot everybody in the coronavirus, but don't you dare go to church, people. See the psychosis going on? It's out of control. Amy Klobuchar finally admits miracle drug 
that the uh, president's pushing hydroxychloroquine or however you say that saved her husband's life. Of course, the mainstream press doesn't want to admit that. They don't want to give President Trump credit for anything. But I'm glad that his life was saved. I don't care if he's a Republican, Democrat, black, white. I don't care about any of those things. I'm grateful that his life was preserved, and I hope he turns to God and uses the rest of his life wisely. Hospital restricts prominent doctor from treating COVID with the hydroxychloroquine or whatever it is. Yeah, guy's name is Dr. Stephen M. Smith. And he says it goes against all my understanding of medical ethics, saying that you can't treat that way. If he thinks it's best, why not? There you have it. Democrats face criticism for not wearing face masks, I guess, violating their own rules. Yeah, you got a mask-pushing governor caught at the beach without a face mask. Wanted to make sure, of course, everybody else was following the rules there, don't you know? I guess the governor says, well, I wasn't expecting to meet with people or whatever, and it just, I got drafted into these photo ops, and I didn't intend to, I had to be smarter. Yeah, governor, you probably ought to never, ever, 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 ever shake hands, never hug anybody, never go outside again, buddy. Wear a mask in your house is what you ought to do. I'm demonstrating the absurd by being absurd a little bit, trying to highlight, this is out of control, folks. Shutdowns, destroying livelihoods. They're saying that they don't really curb the virus spread. The lockdown has its own agenda, it seems, in the economy, in the crosshairs. Sad to say, but true. And that's a recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday. It is still available at LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net. By the way, have you checked out the LovingLiberty.net iPhone and Android app? Yeah, you can download it and listen to live and on-demand radio to your heart's content absolutely free. LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Tell your neighbors, would you please? All right. Without further ado, Kirk Cosby's with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You're very welcome. Kurt wants to tell you about the Supreme Court and Nancy Pelosi and government school. Well, Catholic schools, I guess, huh, Kurt? Kurt? Well, um, yeah, that's a good point, Sam. Uh, The Catholic schools are, I guess you could say, uh, you know, we've uh, admired them for many years. And uh, in this case, you say uh, admired them. You're talking about Catholic schools, right? Yes. um, Yes, we have. In this case, for good reason, by the the way, great education, private sector. What is there not to like? Good point. Believe in God. Uh, It's the whole package with the Catholic schools. They're great. That's right. In this point, the uh, World Net Daily Boys have this piece says uh, COVID-19 killing Catholic schools as Dems play politics. Graduates include Pelosi, majority of Supreme Court. It's pretty interesting. A uh, majority of the Supreme Court would come from the uh, Catholic schools. Well, you don't want to know why, Kurt, don't you? Well, sure. Because they throw down a stellar education. That's why. It's that simple. Interesting stuff, huh? I, I think so, and I think it goes to show that you know what if the Supreme Court and a lot of these leaders come from private or you know whatever schools and religious schools or home schools. Most of the founding fathers were homeschooled and all this kind of stuff. Most of the inventors and people through history were homeschooled or self-taught or you know learned from very young age a little bit of schooling and then they had an apprenticeship or you know these kind of things. It just seems to me that you would start to at some point get a clue and say maybe that's the the way of the future or the way we ought to go about things, Kurt. But you know what do I know? I'm just an idiot, right? 
<laughs> well, all right. Anyway, the Real Clear Politics piece that World Net Daily brought forward uh, says Catholic schools are a national treasure. Amen. And I would kind of just say, you know, private schools, but religious schooling and that kind of thing. But in this case, it's some of the best examples of it we have. And it says, and they are facing an existential threat due to the economic fallout of the pandemic. They have also become a political pawn, they say. Uh, what hasn't? But anyway, in the fierce debate over the congressional response to the crisis, the most powerful woman in the United States... Well, yeah, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the majority of our Supreme Court justices are proud graduates of Catholic schools. They are the most prominent stars of a tradition of excellence in education that goes back to before our nation's founding, they say. More importantly, unlike their public school counterparts, or we would say government school counterparts, Catholic schools go a long way toward eliminating the achievement gap for low-income and minority children, putting millions of underprivileged kids on the path to achieving the American dream. Now they say this whole pandemic's economic wake is threatening to decimate what are arguably the most important Catholic schools, and they say those in urban areas that serve disadvantaged kids, um, from inner-city parochial schools in St. Louis to the Catholic all-girls school Pelosi attended in Baltimore. It's not too much to say that COVID-19 is in the process of killing scores of Catholic schools across the United States. Now you say, well, why would it be killing them? They say these institutions have always run on a shoestring, but a remarkably efficient and effective shoestring. Catholic schools spend half of what public schools uh, spend per pupil while ranking much higher in results, including 99% graduation rates with 86% of their grads going on to college. Uh, Most Holy Trinity Catholic School in St. Louis serves a student body that's 93% African-American from families with an average income of 25 grand. The majority of students are not Catholic, Evie Moore has two daughters of students, uh, uh, or excuse me, the more, uh, two daughters at Most Holy Trinity, and is devastated to learn that it is closing. I didn't think I could afford to send my babies to private school. Most Holy Trinity was a light. If you stay in this neighborhood, you're not going to have many options. It's our oasis, and it's being taken away. What you're calling St. Uh, Louis, St. Louis, right, Kurt? Yes, sir. I just want yeah. people to understand what it you know, really is. St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, and uh, it's a great place for Catholic school. And the Catholic schools are struggling, and we thought you'd tell you about it. Again, how can any <clears throat> entity do well in this economy, Kurt, when the government's shutting people down and you know all the resource money that is coming for some of these things and stuff like that? They just chop off right at the spigot. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure how people do well, given that scenario. Our prayers are with the Catholic schools is what I would say. And, you know, I don't want criticism. I know some would say, well, Sam, they're not perfect. They've got this problem. that Everything has problems. I get it. But I'm telling you, they're some of the greatest schools in the country. I also want to talk about what we call public school for a second. Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get co-certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way. And it made it easier to trademark. 
Now, did I tell you that the letters SCH still make the shh sound, as in all those American food producers saying, shh, let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified? Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities, and it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC. Not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name, and that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior, thekosherquestion.com. Attention Liberty News Radio listeners. Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the Liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. So we're talking about this peace and clear politics and good for them for praising Catholic schools as a national treasure. Good for WND.com for picking it up and Liberty Roundtable carrying the ball. Talking about COVID-19 killing Catholic schools as Democrats play politics. Nancy Pelosi and the majority of the Supreme Court Catholic school graduates. But I want to say a couple of things about this. Number one, they say Nancy Pelosi is the most powerful woman. What in the world, Kurt? Is that what? In the United States? What? Something like that. Anyway, try to find that. But the most powerful woman, and I would disagree with that. Uh, let me tell you who I believe are the most powerful women in the world. Are you ready? Yeah. The woman that rocks her baby to sleep. Mm-hmm. All right. And the reason that I say that, ladies and gentlemen, is that's the next generation. That is the future of not only America, but the world. The next generation. And at her knee, in her arms, they learn their values. Okay, Catholic school is a strong supporter, no doubt, of those values. Uh, so this isn't, uh, you know, an effort to, to badmouth Catholic schools for that matter. But it's to put things in proper perspective that I believe the family is the greatest fundamental unit of society. And the mother stands uh, side by side with her husband at the head of that family. And the mother that rocks the cradle is the most powerful wound in the world. She will teach and train the next generation. And she will instill in their hearts and in their minds values. And either those values will be taught by the television or by latchkey, you know, scenarios or by mom that loves her children and spends, you know, gives them her most precious commodity, which is time. Uh, And maybe I don't know much, but that's, you know, something that I want to point out. Nancy Pelosi is way down the totem pole, uh, you know, just off in political bickering and stuff like that. Uh, most powerful. What does it say, woman in the world, Kurt? Were you looking that up real quick? Yeah, it says she's the most powerful woman in the United States. All right. Uh, I don't agree with that at all. 
In fact, she should be one of the least powerful women. Now, I agree. She's got uh, tremendous power, uh, but misplaced power. It kind of reminds me how, you know what, mothers get paid nothing. Not that I think anybody should pay them per se, but we look at that as, as a, a not a valuable profession and or pursuit for women. Uh, but yet Nancy Pelosi is like a rock star, supposedly. We've got our values all mixed up. It's kind of like how athletes get paid millions. But those who teach our children, you know, many of them don't get paid very much. Now, I'm not advocating the government schools should pay more. I'm just making a point that, you know, we got things a little bit mixed up in America. Rock stars get paid a ton of money, and the people who educate and teach and care for our children don't don't get much. Uh, the second point that I'd like to make before we move on is this idea that, you know, they call them public schools. We would call them government schools. I would go so far as to call them communist schools. Why? Because they force take our money by the point of a government gun to redistribute the wealth into government education. They borrow our children into oblivion on the education altar. And the 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto is public school or government school or compulsory education. So, you know, it's really not fair to call them public schools. It's really not fair to even call them government schools. The truth is they're communist schools, folks. And if you argue with me, go read your Communist Manifesto and look at the 10th plank about compulsory forced government education. And you tell me how ours is different and then we'll talk about it. So I'm going with communist schools is what I'm going with on that one, Kurt. What do you say? Am I a little bit too hardcore? Well, I, I mean, you know, if if it's uh, if it walks like a duck, and, you know, et cetera. It's, yeah, if the slipper fits duck, Cinderella. Yeah. Yeah. All right, just saying. Yeah. Homeschooling, they say, is a vast, unplanned experiment. Patrice Lewis, Kurt. Well, this is a uh, piece uh, from uh, World Net Daily. Uh, she's an author there, uh, and uh, Patrice Lewis. And, you know, the headline, as you said, uh, uh, you know, sub-headline is uh, Patrice Lewis hopes untold parents abandon government education post-pandemic. Me and Patrice uh, both, Kurt. Yeah, good point. Good point, Sam. Now, this is interesting, though. They say it's a vast, unplanned experiment. Now, if you want to talk about in relation to the COVID, I agree it's a vast, unplanned experiment. But, Kurt, let's not set forth this idea that homeschool is kind of an untried, unproven, untested way of education, because that's far from the truth. I think, um, you know, Adam and Eve were homeschoolers, weren't they, Kurt? Or did they send their kids to the communist school? I think they must have been Sam, and uh, so it's been what homeschoolers, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I bring that up because let's not pretend this is an untried, untested kind of a new experiment that's never been done before, and we don't know what the results could be. And this is what they kind of want to do. Now, I agree in relation to the COVID pandemic. You're taking a lot of people who have never experienced homeschooling, and you're putting them in the great homeschooling garden, so to speak. I get it. But let's not act like it's a vast experiment, um, you know. And let's also not accept the unplanned part, Kurt. Do you think this pandemic was just unplanned? It just kind of launched itself on the unsuspecting poor world? Do you believe that's how it went down, Kurt? Well, I I go back to our buddy uh, Jerry Hughes, uh, you know, and his uh, Ten Laws of Politics. If I remember right, one of them had to do with pretty much nothing is uh you know, just just uh, at least nothing that happens there in Washington is just a surprise. You know, it's it's all part of the plan, you know. All right. 
But I agree that we abandoned government education or whatever you want to call it, communist schools. And I, you know, I hope parents are waking up and understanding, you know what, where the problems lie and what the solutions are. And I would say Catholic schools and private schools and home schools and man, what a vast opportunity of competition that ought to be brought to bear on the education arena. And what better opportunity than right now? We, the people, ought to be smart enough not to let a good opportunity go to waste either, Kurt. All right. I guess Dennis Prager's in the news, Kurt. Well, that's right, Sam. And uh, Western Journal's got this piece, Michael Austin, there. The headline reads, Conservative nonprofit Prager U accused of false information gets throttled by Facebook. Uh <laughs> Now, I mean, if I'm thinking that false information, let's see, is it is it PragerU or is it Facebook? Uh, you know, it's a pretty easy answer for me, but uh, I guess others would say, oh, no, it'd be PragerU, you know. What say you, Sam? Well, when you say what say me, I think that, you know, the problem with this whole discussion, Kurt, is we're deciding that somebody like Facebook can decide what's propaganda versus what's real, what's factual versus what's fiction, what's... And the problem with that discussion, Kurt, um, the problem is, Kurt, I don't believe we ought to allow some big... I don't know what you'd say. I don't want to say private company because I don't know that Facebook is private. It's got plenty of government funding, right? We've documented on this radio program till the cows come home about how government slash universities are all in bed with big tech. So you got government universities and big tech and a triad that have created 90% of the technology we use today. And it's not with the open-minded idea that you and I think it's about. They have a very closed, controlled, manipulated, monitored, tell the cows come home system. And so in this, they say conservative nonprofit. I mean, that's really dangerous. You're conservative and you don't take government money. I mean, that's like a combination for attack for sure. But... Then they say, hey, they're accused of false information throttled on Facebook. Well, you know what? I've accused a lot of people of false information, including Fauci. Okay, so Fauci can spew his information, and it's going to get, like, top billing. Right? Trump White House press briefing status. But yet, you know, 2,000 doctors want to speak out, or 600 doctors want to speak out, and they're shut down for propaganda. Okay, the point is, who decides this, ladies and gentlemen? And I really point to the First Amendment for my guidance, Kurt. Do you remember what it says? Oh, let's see. Let me find it. I think there's uh, four words. Uh, Freedom the first of the press. Okay. Am I confused? Of the press. Very good. Okay, and so that doesn't mean unless you think somebody's peddling propaganda or unless you agree with somebody's political takeaway. I call them government schools. They call them public schools. Now, what's the truth? See, I say that government schools... Uh, is kind of a middle ground. Public schools is the nicest way to literally, uh, in my opinion, deny the truth. Public makes it sound like we all agree, we're all in, we're all supportive, it's voluntary, uh, it's okay. okay. But the truth is they're communist schools. The 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto documents that, hey, compulsory education is one of the 10 keys to communism. And we run around with compulsory schools in America and we call them public? Kurt, if you want to force the truth now, Let's talk about that. What would they need to call government schools then? They'd have to call them communist schools, Kurt. Compulsory education is not public. Okay? So let's. if you want to talk about propaganda, and that's the point, who decides? Are you allowed to have an opinion? What if your opinion is not based in somebody else's views of facts? 
somebody would say to me, well, Sam, they're not really communist schools because that would be in a communist country. And we're not in a communist country, therefore it can't be a communist school. So see, ours are public, even though it's very similar in practice, Sam. Ours aren't government. Ours are public because that's what we've called them for decades. Um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, court cases. It's based on precedence. The precedence, precedence has been set, Sam, to where they're public schools. They're not communist schools. So you're wrong. We don't live in a communist country. Now, whose truth is truthful? Is truth according to Facebook or your government? Or is truth in the eyes of the beholder? What is ultimate truth, huh? Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, what is truth, I ask you? And oftentimes, truth is a single set of facts. But oftentimes, truth has multiple realities to it. Right? For example, why is Jesus Christ my Savior? But I pray to Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Wouldn't Heavenly Father be my Savior if I pray to Him in the name of Jesus Christ? Well, when you study religion, you begin to understand you can't have, uh, you know, milk. You got to have milk before meat, so to speak. You got to kind of understand some of the building blocks to answer a question like that, right? Well, it's similar in a lot of these discussions about truth. Okay, and some truth is in the eyes of the beholder. For example, they've been rejecting the Ten Commandments in our society forever. Uh, And they say, you know, it's just an old, outdated, weird, goofy thing from Moses, and who cares, and... But I say the ultimate truth is to obey those fundamental building blocks for a civilized society. And if you ignore those, you do so at your own peril. Right? Well, what's the truth there? Anyway, the bottom line is poor Dennis Prager is getting attacked. They say he's accused of false information. Kurt, do they explain what false information he's guilty of, sir? Um, not that I could see. See, they just want you to know uh, that he's false information. So if you float that long enough... uh, you know, they say, yeah, uh, they call it false news. Um, Facebook has cracked down on PragerU, a conservative nonprofit group, for repeating shared, or excuse me, repeated sharing of false news as determined by the independent fact-checking organization Climate Feedback. Uh, and, of course, climate So what feedback, you do is you get you your know, buddies all together and you create this, quote, arbitrary group that just literally lies and manipulates news and says your, your news is false. You're in, you're out. We're going to select the winners and the losers. And, hey, <laughs> selective prosecution and you're prosecuted in the court of public opinion before the facts ever even can be debated or discussed or can even come out or be documented. You're just guilty as charged. Stick a fork in it too late for you. And then they repeat it often enough and lie. And pretty soon Dennis Prager and Prager U loses credibility, wrongfully so, I might add. But what facts is Prager University peddling that's, that's fake news, Kurt? Do they even tell you any of them? Uh, see, let's see. The takeaway say, is not to discuss uh, the details. It's just to attack Prager, right? Yeah, good point, Sam. Uh, you know, uh, they say during an April 20th interview on ABC News, Good Morning America, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg declared that spreading information about anti-lockdown protests would be classified as harmful misinformation to be taken down. Um, so what does that mean? And... Uh, What do you mean spreading information about protests? Does that mean reporting on them? 
Well, I think that's what they're telling you what's happening with these protests and why the protesters are protesting and a little bit of who, what, when, where, why. See, what what is truth and what is fake news? And right. And in America, as I read the First Amendment, I don't see it say something like unless it's fake news, then you got to stop it immediately. Good point. All right. Anything else in that one? Well, you know, they talk about an opinion piece by Stephen Mosher. uh, Okay, wait a minute. He's with Population Research Institute, pop.org. Great friend of ours. He's been telling the truth for literally decades. He's got a a stellar reputation, Kurt, for incredible research. And in that, it alleges that the coronavirus pandemic could have originated from a Wuhan laboratory, was labeled false information by a fact checker with clear conflicts of interest. Weeks later, uh, Facebook caved and reversed its decision, suggesting that their fact checkers can, in fact, be wrong. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, Uh, whoa, whoa. So they shut him down. They shut him down. Stephen Mosher and uh, Prager University. And they said it was fake news, that it was wrong. Then they had to reverse themselves and admit it was accurate. And then they said, well, That's the fact the checkers aren't sometimes checking facts. They're peddling their own propaganda. Is that what I'm hearing? Good point. Sam. See, what is truth, Kurt? The and, truth uh, is these fact say, checkers are completely manipulative to their own agenda. They say the Prager U video I got a question. question. Why didn't yeah. they do the research before they shut them down, Kurt, as opposed to after? Well, it didn't fit their narrative, Sam. I see. Um, which is what I believe is going so, on So, point here. made. Um, yeah, they say the PragerU video in question posted on the PragerU Facebook page addressed allegations that climate change is hurting the polar bear population. The video featured a picture of a starving polar bear that had previously been used by National Geographic to highlight the effect of climate change on the animals. As it turned out, the photographer admitted that the picture was manipulatively used. Uh, Perhaps we made a mistake in not telling the full story that we were looking for a picture that foretold the future and that we didn't know what had happened to this particular polar bear. All right, Uh, hold on, hold on. Let's let's be clear about the photographer because people are lost in the story now already. So what happened is there's this polar bear photo taken by a photographer that was misused by who, Kurt? By the climate change advocates, right? That's the way I see it. Okay, and the climate change advocates took a picture, but they didn't really give you the context and the story to really understand uh, the scenario or the, the, the photo. They wanted you, they, they took it out of context and used it manipulatively. And what happened, Kurt? Uh, pop.org and Stephen Mosher and uh, Prager University uh, basically put it in context and told the truth. Is that what happened? Well, Prager used video, they say, then made a series of claims such as the polar bear population has been growing and polar bears are thriving even where sea ice is diminishing, which the fact checkers at Climate Feedback took issue with. Polar bear expert and zoologist Dr. Susan Crockford claims the fact checkers failed to prove that the video was in fact wrong. Crockford, the source of much of the information included in the video, sat down with PragerU influencer Will Witt 
to address Facebook's accusations. Uh, Crockford pointed out that the main area of disagreement from the fact checkers was the claim that polar bears are thriving even where sea ice is diminishing in reference to two polar bear populations and one is in the Barents Sea and the Chukchi Sea populations. Well, neither one I've ever been to. Uh, says what they said was that Got to get on oh, that. Well, Your vacations are cheap right now, buddy. Good point. Oh, well, those bears are doing okay. Well, in fact, the literature on those populations is quite emphatic that those populations populations are doing better than just okay, Crockford said. Okay, so she hold on. Let's the, stop now. Yeah. So now you got Prager University putting out a video uh, working with a population research or institute expert, Stephen Mosher, making a claim that, hey, these, these bears are doing better. And now you got who's this person? Well, she's a big shot zoologist. Uh, okay, so you got Crockford, this zoologist, uh, professional. Yeah, polar bear expert and zoologist, Dr. Susan Crockford. All right, so she's doubling down and backing their claim. And the, quote, fact checkers are just wrong and didn't do their due dilly, Kurt, is what we're really seeing here now. Well, I think that's so pretty much So here's the my question. Is, How many times yeah. do we allow the fact checkers to be wrong and not do their due diligence? And not research facts before they shut people down, before they completely lose their credibility, Kurt. Because that's really what ought to be discussed right now. It's a credibility crisis for these fake fact checkers. Uh, and, and this is where Facebook gets exposed. So are we going to get an apology to Stephen Mosher and an apology <laughs> to uh, Prager U by Mark Zuckerberg and clowns or not? I don't think so. Crockford uh, then addressed the climate change agenda head on. She said their premise that polar bear numbers would decline was based on an assumption that polar bear body condition and reproduction would be doing poorly. She said after addressing the scientific claims made by the fact checkers, Crockford gave her point of view on Facebook's decision to label the video as false information. She said, uh, so it really is kind of of a conflict that you see in science that's really a matter of opinion or the way that you look at the same data my take so thus my point is what is truth so you got scientific reality where you can have opinions looking at the same factual data about what you think it ought to be here's the problem set this story completely aside for a second now kurt ignore the fact that prager university was right the expert agrees with them ignore that Stephen Mosher was right, Population Research Institute, that Facebook was completely wrong, that the fact checkers were completely wrong, that they had to reverse their decision based on facts. Okay, ignore all that for a second, all right? Because it isn't about an individualistic story. Okay, this is not about a single story, Kurt, in my opinion. This is about who can control the narrative. And are we really in America going to let Facebook in bed with a bunch of fact checkers who have proven political agendas uh, at the forefront of their decision making? Are we going to let them be the decision makers about what is truth and what is fact and what is error and what is right and wrong? And are we going to allow that to occur? Because at the end of the day, that's the real question. And you would say, well, Facebook's private, Sam. They can do that if they want to. Not when the government built most of it at our expense. Not when they become such a, quote, commodity, stamping out competition. If you take Facebook and Google and a few other massive services, you control 90% of the new media taking center stage, ladies and gentlemen. And that's been funded by government, 
and our universities. Liberty Roundtable Live. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, so what is truth? And who has the right to say what truth is? So now you got Facebook, Twitter, the new media taking center stage. As I mentioned, you got very few players in this. Because remember, the universities have been in bed with government and really the military. And they've all been in bed with big tech companies, universities, big tech and government, uh, the military. And they've built these new systems for the most part. And if you take four or five players, you control 90 plus percent of the market. They're peddling their propaganda, but now they're going up against the president of the United States. So whose narrative do you accept? Mark Zuckerberg's or President Donald Trump's? And who can decide who's peddling fake news? What if Donald says Mark Zuckerberg and crew are peddling fake news? And Mark Zuckerberg and crew and Jack Dorsey and others at Twitter are saying the president's peddling fake news. Who decides, ladies and gentlemen, huh? Kurt? Great point, Sam. Uh, And uh, the president is now, uh, you know, quite concerned because uh, I guess just, well, here's the headline from Breitbart. Donald Trump colon Twitter is now interfering in the 2020 presidential election. And I guess uh, they branded one of his tweets um, yesterday. Or I mean, this happened just recently, I guess, yesterday. Uh, They branded one of his tweets with a uh, little false, um, like a sticker on it or something like that. Um, this part of this whole fact check feature on, twi- on a tweet. Uh, and, and so now um, 
you know, he says that they are interfering. He says they're saying my statement on mail-in ballots, which will lead to massive corruption and fraud, is incorrect. Uh, it says based on fact-checking by fake news CNN and the Amazon Washington Post. So it's what you've been teaching us for a long time, Sam, about he who owns the media makes the rules. Yes, there's no doubt about it. And the problem is, where do you go with this, Kurt? What I mean is, how is this going to be resolved? I got my own opinions, and I'll tell them to you in a second. But Donald Trump says, quote, Twitter is now interfering in the 2020 presidential election. Is that true, Kurt? Because if that's true, then Jack Dorsey and others need to literally be tossed in the clink, my friend. Well, and he says uh, the president hinted, hinted, this is in the Breitbart piece, hinted that Twitter would uh, face consequences for their actions. He says Twitter is completely stifling free speech, and I, as president, will not allow it to happen. Uh, the president has frequently warned tech companies for censoring conservatives on social media and unfairly treating Republicans, but he's also tried to work with Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, and it tells about a April 2019th meeting that they had uh, where they were trying to keep an open dialogue etc uh, but uh, <laughs> then this uh, accompanying story Sam that I think goes with it says uh, Trump campaign colon Twitter fact check proof of Silicon Valley obstruction um, and, uh, you know, the re-election campaign for the president reacted to the news that Twitter had fact-checked the president's tweet warning about mail-in ballot fraud. Uh, we, they said, uh, we always knew that Silicon Valley would pull out all the stops to obstruct and interfere with President Trump getting his message through to voters. Um, that's what the campaign manager, Brad Parscale, wrote. Uh, Twitter included a link urging voters to get the facts about mail-in voting after President Trump predicted widespread voter fraud as a result of California Governor Gavin Newsom signing an executive order to mail ballots to voters. Uh, the link leads to a curated list of corporate media articles from the Washington Post and CNN disputing Trump's warning. Uh, Parscale warned that Twitter was merely masking their political intent. Uh, he says partnering with the uh, biased fake news media fact checkers is only a smokescreen Twitter is using to try to lend their obvious political tactics some false credibility. The Trump campaign has repeatedly battled Twitter. Uh, they say uh, there are many reasons the Trump campaign pulled all our advertising from Twitter months ago, and their clear political bias is one of them. So there's uh, that story. I just thought they went together pretty well. Amen. They go together very well, and they make the point uh, extremely well. So, you know, you got this situation where Prager University being attacked. You've got Stephen Mosher at Population Research Institute being attacked. You've literally got uh, this professor, this expert in, quote, you know, zoology or whatever being attacked. You got Facebook and their, quote, I don't know what you want to call it. Their fake news ferreting out team or whatever you want to call it. All those folks are against the president of the United States uh, and Prager University and really all the rest of us. 
So Donald Trump says Twitter's literally uh, interfering in the 2020 presidential election. We're going to allow that to stand. Trump campaign, quote, Twitter fact check proof of Silicon Valley obstruction. Isn't that exactly what we've been documenting forever, Kurt? Yep. All right. Now let's talk about the University of Pennsylvania then, because I think it relates, Kurt. Well, good point, Sam. Uh, in their case, it says uh, U of Pennsylvania rejects $10 million in Chinese virus bailout funds. Um, you know, in this case, uh, you know, um, I I think, Sam, I know this is kind of unusual, but uh, that the University of Pennsylvania is, uh, well, doing the right thing uh, here. Uh, they didn't take the cash like Harvard did. Uh, they say that they were going to reject nearly $10 million in federal coronavirus relief funds after a wave of public pressure on wealthy institutions to reject public assistance. University of Pennsylvania currently boasts an endowment of $14.7 billion. Uh, they joined Princeton, Yale, and Harvard in rejecting the federal funds, although Harvard first tried to keep the federal money. So anyway, it's a good news at least, uh, you know, it's not more wasted government money, you know, well, more wasted tax Yeah, money. and, you know, the problem that I have, Kurt, about this is how did all these big organizations, these big collegiate universities and Planned Parenthood and all these people, how do they get their money so fast, Kurt? Guys like me are still, you know, letting my um, loans and other loans for companies that I consult for they're not even processed yet. We can't even get a status on where they are in the system yet. But yet all these other people have got millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and yet they find that rich universities, by the way, are able to get cash, but the poor universities are not. And big business is able to get money. And now they're debating about returning it. You should have never got it in the first place. In the case of Planned Parenthood, $80 million to make the point. And then we run around and go, how did that all happen? And what you've got, Kurt, is... Again, I'm going to make an, an assertion here. I don't have the facts to back it up, but I have enough circumstantial evidence to bring up the fair and honest open question. Who is at the helm of prioritizing these loans? How did all the Planned Parenthood organizations get put at the front of the line? How did these big universities get put at the front of the line, Kurt? You think that happened by accident, or you think they just pulled the trigger on the loans faster than I did? I literally had all my ducks in a row and filed loans the second the window was open to do so. And anybody who filed before me, pretty much, Kurt, had to redo their loans because they, you know, pulled the trigger prematurely, uh, according to the government. I had my loans at my loans. Some of them are almost eight weeks old now, Kurt, and I still don't know the status of them. But how do all these universities and Planned Parenthoods and all these, quote, inside big organizations, how do they pull down money so quickly? Their loans were turned around in record time, my friend. And at some point you go, did that happen by accident? And I don't see how it could. Well, Sam, you know, the thing, the thought comes to my mind, like, let's say you've got a really uh, nice restaurant and uh, it's very popular. And thus, you know, it's very difficult to get a table. And yet you, you know, maybe you're just watching things and you notice that, uh, some individuals just seem to always uh, be able to just walk in, even if there's like they see 10 or 20 people waiting. Hold on, they who just owns be able the restaurant? Walk Me? right in. 
Well, it's or am just, I just an observer? It doesn't matter. You, it does, because if else, it's me, uh, that ain't happening. Yeah, good point. But you're right. Okay. I get your point. Uh, let's just uh, pretend we see these certain individuals that just seem to just walk right in. Um, automatically, in my mind, I say, well, they either know somebody or because of the... Hmm, what uh, tips Status, or, the, or the financial the extra cash yeah. that they might hand over? Uh, that's how they get that. And now, now we've seen the stories about Planned Parenthood basically pulling down. But the, the government's million, told us it's first come, first time. serve basis for these loans. <laughs> and somebody's lying somewhere, sir. <laughs> and his Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg going to go ahead and point out the truth that there's being fake news peddled somewhere somehow by somebody. Good point. Sam, that ought to be a song. I'm sure they'll be digging into that real quick. You gotta have one but, of our uh, listeners create a song for that, Kurt. Somehow, <laughs> somewhere, point, somebody's been suckered by Zuckerberg. Yeah, All right. Anyway, I'm glad they rejected 10 million. But you know, my question is this: Why were they even offered the 10 million in the first place if they rejected it, Kurt? You want to know why? Good point. Well, I think they have special people that they either know they've either know, got their special people. Do you want to know why they had to reject people. it, Kurt? Because the people were, you know, ticked off about it. No, because right? they asked for it in the first place. Oh, yeah. Okay, See, if you didn't good. ask for it in the first place, yeah. you wouldn't need to reject it now. Yeah, yeah you're saying the point. fallout and people crying foul and stuff like that, screaming bloody murder, that certainly caused the, the desire to say, oh, I guess we don't want that now. It's it, it too political, uh, too hot of a political football or whatever. But what I'm saying is the reason they're rejecting it now is because they asked for it in the first place. If they didn't ask for it, they wouldn't need to be rejecting it, would they? Or am I confused? You're exactly right. All right, just saying. All right, what's this guy's name? Eric Eckers? Eggers? Yeah, he's an author, uh, and uh, he, <laughs> he's done a little detailing, you know, where the president's, uh, you know, we were just talking about this, but anyway, the the headline reads, Eric Eggers, uh, Detroit has 30,000 more registered voters than citizens of legal voting age. Now, this kind of goes with that uh, story about the president saying that, uh, you know, there's some vote fraud going Why on. Why can't you have more voters than the amount of people that are of legal age, Kurt? What's wrong with that? How are you going to win if you don't do that, my friend? Good point, Sam. I, I All right. Guess, South uh, Carolina absentee ballots highlight the point as well, Kurt. Well, that's right. Uh, the headline, South Carolina absentee ballots found in Maryland as Democrats push for vote by mail increases. Uh, whoops. Um, I don't know, Sam, that Kind of looks like vote fraud again to well, me. Well, I just had extra ballots, and so I decided to fill them out. You know, I didn't want them to go unused or anything. Well, that's what the president about? said in the uh, uh, video I watched of him last night. Yeah, but night. he's peddling he fake news, said, isn't he, Kurt? <laughs> See how this goes? You just can't even know. have an intelligent discussion in America anymore. By the way, Mark, um, I guess Catholic League is in the news denouncing George Soros-funded attack on religious liberty, Kurt. Yeah, imagine that, Sam. Uh, you know, where where would George Soros ever do that? Fight against religion? Is oh, Facebook going to... What's the truth on religion, then? Should we fight against religion? Facebook's going to get to the bottom of Should we attack thing, religious huh? liberty and that would be the truth? I like what Rush Limbaugh calls them fake book, you know. But yeah, but the American people back it like no other for some strange reason.
Damn, All right, thanks right. for being alongside for the ride. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. LibertyRoundTable.com. Donate liberally, would you please? LovingLiberty.net for live and on-band radio at your fingertips. Spread the word. Download the iPhone and or Android app and tell your neighbors, please, God save the republic. <laughs> <laughs>